Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Brother and Sister Podcast. I'm your host, Pug Flavor, and my co-host... Tressa Michener. Yes, and we have a very, very special guest in the house today, y'all. And her name is Shanitha Mabry. Shanitha, won't you introduce yourself to the audience? Yes, so uh, my name is Shanitha. Um, I was born and raised in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. I have two beautiful kids, um, one daughter, one son. My son is 19 and my, my daughter is 21. Uh, I've been working with the reentry population for over 15 years um, in the Nash and Edgecombe counties. Um, I am the CEO of my nonprofit organization, A Chance to Move, well, Chance to Step Forward, um, working with individuals who have been incarcerated, but mentoring them on the barriers that they have been facing. Um, I also work at OIC Iraqi Mount, and basically I manage um, reentry programs there as well, in which I've been there for five years. So as you can see, I have a passion for working with the reentry population. Yes, yes. <laughs> so tell us about the program. Now, how do, you know, a person that would get themselves in trouble and, and then they would get out, you know, what are the steps they would take to come to your organization and, you know, just take the proper steps to make their lives better? So basically, um, I want to talk about, like, I guess the organization that I actually work for, which is OIC or Rocky Mount, because it all started uh, with that. So pretty much when somebody coming in, they pretty much have to resign in National Edgecombe County, and they have to be the ages 18 through 24, and they got to have... Uh, a criminal background or be on probation. And some of the services that we do provide, it is um, training, soft skills, and pretty much um, helping them get a career instead of just a job. Right. So we're looking at something more long-term. Yes. So tell us about some of these uh, people that come back into the population who have a, have a background and that you help um, and some of the success stories. So we got some people like that are just being released. They pretty much don't know anything. They don't have any kind of resources and pretty much they have burnt their bridges. So pretty much like if somebody coming into our program, we're pretty much letting them know like, look, what are the barriers that you need? Sometimes it may be housing or food, but we're going to take care of that part first. That's why building relationships in the community is a big thing. So we make sure that all of those dots are dotted first before getting them into a training and any of those things first. No, that's great. Yeah. Um, and I know when we was at one of your events that you had, um, I saw the chief of police there, mm -hmm. the sheriff department, mm -hmm. the um, I think one of the ladies is running for mayor now. You had some really, really support there. So can oh, yeah. you, how did you get that type of support? Being... I was born in Edgecombe County, and this is the fourth reentry program that I have managed. So you have to build the relationships in the county that we're serving. So, for instance, 
I have no other choice but to partner with the police station or the Nash and Edgecomb Sheriff Department, probation, any of the other organizations that work with the reentry population. So any of those things that we know that they can help us and we can help them because it's a partnership. Okay. So the more partners, the better. Right. The more so, services that we can provide for these individuals, the better that they will become successful. Because the whole goal is so they won't get, you know, reincarcerated. Right. That's the biggest goal. Yeah, that was that was a big help, and it was big that, it, you know, the police department was there to support, and that's that's a real big thing. Help help bring the, the community together and just make you know make it a big full circle right. thing. You know, it's awesome. Yeah. And I know one of your topics that you are consistently talking about is grief. Can you tell us the different types of grief to try to help our audience with going through grief? Um, how does uh, some situations stem to bring about the grief? Can you just talk to us about grief? Sure. So when I, as I was working in my full-time job, um, I noticed that many individuals come in and they are suffering through some other different things. I know with me, myself, I struggled through grief a lot, but what I wanted to do and make people understand was that grief pretty much is not just when you lose a loved one, it's going through incarceration. Some of the individuals that are locked in, they are grieving. Some of the individuals that are the mother, the sister, the brother, the father, the uncle, the aunt, all of them are grieving too. So the family is grieving as well. So with me, I noticed that a lot of my clients that came in, they grieved a lot on different situations, even down to divorce, even down to um, burning their bridges and they want to reconnect with the people that they had kind of messed up with. Right. Right. And that's part of grieving. And I took it upon myself to add this in my my nonprofit, mm -hmm. a chance to step forward, is because I wanted people to understand about the five different steps because I wanted to educate them. Now I ain't no therapist, <laughs> <laughs> right? But I knew what helped me, right. and so dealing with you know your anger, your denial, your bargaining, and acceptance. And all these different things and depression was God, one of the biggest I gonna, things. I was going to say that. That was on my mind. Yes. I mean, yeah. Depression was what almost took me out. Right. You know, right. so I just went through so much with that and I saw the connection. Yeah, it's a big connection because, I mean, yes. depression is, I mean, I found myself, like, getting depressed sometimes. It was like I hated the world and it was like I almost kind of stood out of myself and asked myself, why you like this? Why? Mm -hmm. Why do you feel like this? Why do you like, you know, why are, are you mad at the world? Why? Right. You know what I'm saying? And then the next day you could wake up and it's totally gone. Like oh, what yeah. happened? Like oh, yeah. who how did that happen yesterday? Mm -hmm. Like how did how did that come? It was almost like a spirit that came in and just took over your body and right. you couldn't do nothing about it until it just wore off. Like, you know, yeah. and I was just wondering, is it something that you can do to like, you know, counter yeah. that if it yeah. happens and you can counter it right then or just mm -hmm. You know, I just pray on the situation, you know. What, what advice you give a person that gets in a depression like that? Because, you know, we talk every mm -hmm. day, and this is kind of new to me that mm -hmm. he's saying that he, you know, had an experience with depression because mm -hmm. we laugh and joke when we, right. when we talk. But I guess you never know what a person is going through. What I spoke about, because I can speak on a personal level, 
when I grieved, I grieved over 10 years and I grieved in silence. Right. And that's when my depression fell in. But you got to be in a situation that I'm tired. I was to a point where I was just so depressed. It messed with my low self-esteem. It just took so much out of me. And I was to a point where, okay, I got to get it together. Right. I start researching. I start getting to the point where I wanted my peace back, but I had to love me first again. Right. Right. And so I started with me first. Yeah. And I noticed when you start with me because if you focus and pay attention to you, mm -hmm. then at the end of the day, everything else will fall, yeah, in, place. fall in place. Yeah. So a lot of times I like my peace. So I start working with me first. I go to different places where I know it's going to give me peace. Right. I love the water. So I'm always around some kind of water because I know that's going to give me peace. I even took classes um, online. I took a grievance classes um, because I knew that that was going to help part of my depression. Uh, I stayed busy, but I also, my work was a part of my healing as well and telling my testimony. That's awesome. So you found something that educates you so right. you can educate others. Right. So like you said, it started with you. Yeah. So you had to, you know, pay a price or spend some money mm -hmm. to get you to a point where you could educate yourself and then pass it on to the next exactly. one. Exactly. Exactly. And just being able to vent to somebody. Oh, yeah. Saying? Somebody that you can relate to oh, yeah. and just be able to vent and get it off your chest. I think that's a big help as well. Oh, yeah. And grief is something that a lot of people don't talk about. Right. So, you know, it's, I had to pray about it when I did my live because I was just like, uh-oh, okay, God, I see what you're doing. Right. You know? right. <laughs> and, and what made yeah, you want so mysterious. to talk about it? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. But what made you want to talk about it? You know, you wanted to put it out there, discuss grief, and help others. Because I saw so many people going through it, and they would come to me asking me for advice, and I'm like, Okay. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I, I, I saw, I knew that that's what was a big topic that got that you to had. me. Yeah, that I went through. And I noticed the guys that when we had that event and I interviewed all those guys, and um, I noticed how they were so close to y'all. Y'all mm -hmm. got a tight relationship. Oh, they yeah. really they really trust you. And, mm -hmm. you know, I can tell the relationship. They, even behind, you know, when we was talking amongst each other, mm -hmm. they was talking about how good of a person you were and the other um assistance as well like there was there was a good bond there between y'all right. so that, that really make a major difference too. oh yeah but, you got you got to keep that you got to build trust right, right and if you don't have that then the programs ain't gonna work ain't gonna work mm -hmm. you You're know right. because right. you gotta make sure that they trust you and you gotta be passionate right it, it's it's all about a passionate mm -hmm. you know so that passionate about what you're doing oh yeah, yeah. and yeah. i love what i do you right. know um I was in a place where I never been incarcerated physically, right. but I was incarcerated. I, I, I totally understand. Yeah, mentally, mentally incarcerated sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So I, I went through that grief during right. that period as well. Yeah, yeah. I, when I got home, um, I was just so stunned because mm -hmm. I'm like, it's more people out here in prison. Mm -hmm. Then I was in a physical prison. Mm -hmm. So it was just tough just looking at the bondage that I saw. Now, now that I understood about bondage, it was just amazing to me how so many people are living in a prison, but it's not a physical prison, it's a mental prison. Right. And the thing about being in a mental prison, that's really worse than oh, being yeah. in a physical prison. Right. right. 
So what, what steps do you got that you can give the audience, you know, that they can take to kind of overcome this? So when I research the different steps, the different stages, which is anger, because at that point you're shocked, you're so mad. And that's then what he in, just talked about, how yeah, angry he you was. You get so mad. Right. And then there's denial. And this is no order, no right, right order no, for yeah, That's right. Right? Because you right. can go into one and then go down to depression and go back to right. denial. So it's like a roller coaster, yeah. right? And then there's bargaining, right? Because you're blaming yourself mm-hmm. from that point, right? Right? And then you fall into the depression, which depression is the longest. Mm. That's that's the one where you can really get stuck in. That's where people fall into getting numbing their pain through alcohol, drugs, different kind of you know things right. that they don't have to feel Men- that pain. Men- mentally carry them away and just right. put them in another state of mind. Right. Man. So they avoid in that pain right. temporary. But when right. it's over up, it's still right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And then there's acceptance. Once you get to acceptance, mm-hmm. then you're like, okay. I got it. Right. Because I know when my mother, I've lost my brother first. And then I lost my mom three months after. And then my dad a month after that. So no one knew what I was feeling or going through. Yeah. You know, I was in a deep depression. And it's definitely big on like, say when you like, when the world loves you and like you accept it, you feel so much better. But when the moment they don't love you and, Mm -hmm. You feel like an outcast. That's what triggers it, I think. Because right. then you get in this thing of why, what the world I do wrong, mm-hmm. or what this and what that, like. Right. And it's like the world against you, and it just triggers it. I think right. from that point with me anyway. Mm-hmm. And I, it ain't often, but when it do happen, it's like, oh my god, why, why? Yeah. But um, when you accept it more and you got somebody to talk to, it kind of just goes away. Yep. You know. Yeah, because we talk every day. Mm-hmm. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. And that's a, no, another thing, being around people right. that actually being through it, right. you know, and a support group. That's right. So that makes a difference as well, Major too. Difference. So. Major difference. Oh, yeah. That's great. Well, I'm excited to hear that, you know, you know the steps to overcome, to yeah. help others yeah. to overcome this situation. Just like I said, I'm learning because mm-hmm. didn't know that he had experienced depression wow. because I, I talked to you, him you every day. You won't listen to trust <laughs> Okay, I say I, I did hear him, but I didn't know it was to that aspect of the anger. Mm-hmm. So I can say I didn't know that it got to that point, but I'm going to deal with him after the show. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> But um, I know you got this important event coming up that's, you know, going to be filled with men, women, men. Um, tell us about what's coming up. So basically, when I, beca- when I came up with the vision, I was pretty much like, okay, I do events for my, you know, full-time job, but I wanted to really do something for my organization, a, st- a chance to step forward. And so... I was like, well, dad, with the grief and all of these different mental health issues that a lot of people go through, I want people to hear other people testimonies. Right. And so when I handpicked the individuals that I wanted to speak, 
these are powerful individuals who been through numerous right. situations. And I ain't talking about one or two, three yeah, different right. things. When you go through some situations, you got that experience. Right. right. So the whole key was to bring people that had overcame and right. had a lot of experience through the things that they went through. Yeah, right? That's right. So basically that's what this uh, event is about. It's about really hearing different testimonies and hopefully to empower right. i ain't gonna say hopefully yeah, yeah. to will. empower right. the yeah. women in the community to let them know that anything that you're going through even if you can't overcome it completely then let's try to learn how to handle it right, right? right. so um that's what the program is about it's going to be october the 14th oh, yeah. at booker t theater in rocky mount uh, it's going to be from 11 to 3. And I got some wonderful guest speakers. Yes, and yes, actually, yes, yes. can't tell everybody. Everything. <laughs> can't tell everybody. Yes, everything. Yes. <laughs> but it's going to be powerful. I can, I can tell you that much. It's definitely yes. going to be powerful. Definitely excited. Yes. So I, I really appreciate you coming on the show, Shanithia. Um, we're grateful to have you. Hopefully, hopefully we can get you back and oh, you yes, can tell absolutely. us, you know, a little bit more about your experiences and right. help us to um, maybe help question. with your I show. I ain't ready to go yet. Hold on. <laughs> okay, then I, go I like ahead, all this, bug. all this, all this kind of fall under the umbrella of okay. mental health kind yeah. of. Yeah. And how you can you speak on that mental health? It's, it's kind of, well, that's pretty much what we've been speaking on, I guess. Yeah, it, it has. Um, like I say, I'm actually in the process of trying to get my substance abuse, my alcohol and drug, you know, counseling, because I know that that is a piece of that depression where a lot of people fall into. Right. And so, like I say, you know, I ain't no therapist, but it's something that I want to learn more about myself. Um, so people understand, like, you don't have to be stuck in those different situations, situations, situations. All right, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget the Brother and Sister Podcast. Like and subscribe to our channel so we can make things greater. Thank you so much and have a blessed day. Cheer. Yes. Cheer. Cheer.